I'm just, I'm really nervous to start this episode because it's such a, it's such an intense and important album that I'm worried I'm gonna fuck it up. Well, it can all sound perfect in editing and AI and CGI. No I just started that. I thought was my start. Yeah, I'm gonna CGI it. It's all good. Oh, okay. Yeah, Tanner's gonna CGI this so I don't mess anything up. Yeah. Welcome to the You Should Listen to This podcast. I'm Bat. I'm Tanner. This episode we are discussing, analyzing, admiring, hopefully, um, one of my most favoritest albums of all time, Jordan Mason and the Horse Museum's Divorce Lawyers. I shaved my head. <laughs> kind Wait, of a mouthful. It's Jordan Mason? Yeah, there's two oh, I've A's. Been, I've been saying Jordan Mason the whole time. Well, now you know. Jordan Mason. Before we get into the album, I would just like to preface with a trigger warning. Um, in this episode, we'll be discussing some very heavy topics such as gender dysphoria, uh, sex, <laughs> and uh, suicide. So... If that is not something that you are prepared to hear, or if you are underage, it's okay. Just go back and listen to the previous episodes or join us for the next one. Um, but I just wanted to to uh, give you guys a heads up. And you, Tanner. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Do you have anything that you want to add before we... I'm excited. That's all I want to add. <laughs> okay. I'm I'm really excited, but like I said, I'm also nervous. But I'm gonna give it my best my best go at it. You got this. I'm just gonna get this out of the way so that way we don't have any mess ups. Jordan Mason, that is how you say Jordan's name. They're they are non binary and their pronouns are they them. So they prefer just like their name to be used rather than a specific pronoun obviously their pronouns are they them and there's going to be times where we kind of have to have to use the pronouns um but preferably for jordan jordan prefers to be just named by their name does that make sense yeah that makes sense okay i i want to like introduce you to the album but i also kind of like do you like are, are you curious about what the horse museum is like well sure i guess you know just some broad kind of things so this album intimidates me or it did intimidate me you know before listening to it for this episode um because i knew it was a heavy album i knew it was uh there's a lot to it and i've i've heard a few songs from it and i'm like man this is it's not easy listening. So, you know, I've been intimidated. I've been intimidated by it for a while, you know, and uh, I do feel a little strange uh, talking about this album in a podcast, um, for me at least, because I am not a member of this community. Um, and I feel like I don't have a right to give an opinion on this album because it's not, you know, it's not for me. It's not, I am not part of this 
And, um, you know, usually with albums like that, I try to, you know, change my viewpoint to live a little bit like, um, with Olivia Rodrigo's new album, I just had to put myself in the mindset of a 19 year old girl. Okay. Easy. You know, these are experiences <laughs> that I have, you know, I've seen for years and years, uh, you know, I've seen in media or around me, you know, it's easy enough for me to see these things from that perspective. But the lack of queer art has led to me and many people uh, not being as familiar with these ideas and themes and experiences. Um, right. So I had a, you know, a difficult time really immersing myself in this album because I felt it was ill-fitting for me. And, you know, this this album very much so feels like it is, you know, it's it's truly someone else and does not belong uh-huh. to me in any way. You know, I'm reading a very personal account of someone's love life. I feel like I'm eavesdropping. I Like, I'm not supposed to hear this. Okay. I love everything that you're saying and I want to listen to you go on forever, but... <laughs> um, okay. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I do want to... I have a couple things to say in response to that before I get into it. I I love what you said about the album not being for you, but I completely disagree with that. I think it is like perfect for you in a way. And I don't think that it was written or I don't know if I should say constructed, like put together. I don't think the album was built to exclude or i'm not saying that it was made specifically for you or made for specifically someone else i think it was made for everyone in a way it was made for the person writing it it was made for the horse museum it was just it is an account for everyone and i think um like you said because there's a lack of amplified queer voices and their experiences this that makes this even more for you for someone who is not trans for someone who is straight for somebody who is societally the norm because you know to normalize it not just for you know queer people and trans people and people in the community that this is kind of made for you could say it is for everyone you know everyone can i'm not finding the words i'm i'm understanding you i'm glad you are i just want to okay so this is um i'm relating to jordan and that they describe themselves as being illiterate um they credit themselves as being illiterate on uh one of their albums maybe all of their albums i'm not sure because i haven't seen the liner notes but that is how i feel and i really relate to that I feel like I'm illiterate right now currently. <laughs> but anyways, I'll get into that. Okay, let me let me open up to you the Horse Museum and of course the leader Jordan Mason. I already kind of introduced Jordan Mason. They are a I want to say completely they're a storyteller. Uh, they studied film so they're a filmmaker they studied creative writing they're a poet songwriter artist so to me just a complete storyteller they use songwriting to express things but they feel that sometimes language is not enough or has its limits so that is the that is the meaning of you know the word illiterate this is like you keep talking about how this is an album for um, for everyone, and I and I and I hear you on that. 
you know, and it's it's a good experience for anyone to be made aware of these kinds of stories. However, I still don't feel I have a right to give an opinion on it. I feel like I don't have a right to think or I can think critically about it, but I guess I guess my critical analysis is not necessary or wanted and yeah. I appreciate that. I kind of agree in the sense of like like if you look at Sufjan Stevens um Carrie and Lowell, I feel like I can't critique that because it is such a personal account of grief and life and love uh, that how could I critique that or criticize it rather um, in any way I just want to ease your concern so this is me easing your concern please just relax and and it's okay I'm much more nervous uh, than you are so I think some of my some of my information that I have that I want to share with you it feels weird to just tell you. That's why I said, like, are you curious about Jordan Mason and the Horse Museum? Because when I first heard this album, I definitely was. I, you know, if you look at Spotify, there's Jordan Mason, Jordan Mason and the Horse Museum. Jordan Mason has other released music, solo, other solo music. But um, as the Horse Museum, this is their only album it, it's kind of mysterious if you look at the page do did did you read the about section of jordan mason and the horse museum on the spotify page no i i avoided all info okay that would have been okay if you had oh, but i well. i want to read it either way i'm going to read it to you and so that way the viewer ha- or the viewer the listen the listeners have an idea the audience Our y'all lovely fans Please leave a rating. Yes. Um, Okay, so this is the description of the album. I'll read it for you now. Wandered around small towns in the middle of the night until the feet stung and swelled. Woke up in hospitals after blackouts. Fell in love with a boy, but a girl, but a boy, but a girl. Thought long about what is that thing between my legs. Shaved my head. No identity now. Then a lot of us started singing, banging, breaking. What was once a single voice grew into many. One broken arm, one wrote a book, one kept bees, two were bashed, two finished degrees. More and more came in and out of rooms. After many more blackouts and long nights, hollering until the throat stung, we had Divorce Lawyers, I Shaved My Head. An album that amalgamates sexual histories into a story about a failed marriage between two people of confused genders and identities taking place during a Henry Darger-inspired Glendalinian War in the year 1990. That's a lot. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so, okay. So that's, yeah, that's a lot that um, I was able to glean on my own. Um, so this... This album, to me, it's a very cohesive story. It is a story, but it is inspired. It was inspired by a breakup Jordan had gone through prior to the album's creation. During the relationship, Jordan's partner realized that they were trans. 
It is a very personal album that deals with the idea and confusion of gender and love, but it still remains abstract, and there are many ways to interpret the story. So it's not exactly true in the sense that Jordan was married and it's about a marriage, but it is it's in, heavily inspired by that. It's taking different parts of of a life and ex- and experience of Jordan and I assume the people around them and combining it with this sort of epic from Henry Darger that inspired Jordan and turning it into this I want to say an epic of Jordan's own creating their own mythos and making something bigger than just themselves. Yeah, you know, after the first listen or couple of listens maybe you know i was just hearing it as a um a story about a marriage and there was a lot of imagery that kept popping up um like you know soldiers and you know stuff like that and you know there's an interlude um about the glendolinian war i i don't know what that means i don't know what a glendolinian war is but um i started to realize pretty soon that you know, this is a story that takes place in like um, a post-apocalyptic war zone. But yeah, yeah, it's a concept album, and I, I guess I didn't realize that. Yeah, it kind of it kind of is a concept album. I think to me, I think of it more closer to being a story than on purpose a concept album. I think the you know many lyrics are like poetry but i truly think that i mean jordan is a poet and these lyrics almost all of them to me just are straight up poems with music in a way that other lyrics they don't give that (laughs) you know what i mean but as far as the glendolinian war goes that's kind of a shortened version of the Glandico and Angelinian War of Henry Darger's In the Realms of the Unreal, which is a work. It's like a story. There's illustrations. There's there's paintings. I'm not going to get too into that because that's like a whole thing, but Jordan is, is very much influenced by that work. Um, and so the Glanico-Angelinian War is this whole thing, but they shortened it to Glandolinian, so, which I kind of think is so interesting because if you look up Glandolinian War, you can't even really find what that means. <laughs> but yeah, I wondered about that definitely a lot, and I have a much clearer image of of that inspiration now, which I hope I can impart on you a little bit. Um, Yes, please. But yeah, and I will. So yeah, so I just think that that summary of the album and the Horse Museum just gives you such a clear image. And of course, you kind of already gleaned some of the information from the album, of course, but for those who are listening who may not listen to the album or want some like information about it before we start that is a pretty incredible summary of the collective that is the horse museum the horse museum itself apart from jordan mason is a group of musicians 
slash artist formed in 2007 in Toronto. Forgot to mention, Jordan Mason is Canadian. They were living with a bunch of roommates who were also artists, and Jordan's partner at the time was also included in the band. So this album is very much of the time that it was created, which is what I love about that uh, summary of more and more came in and out of rooms, because it really is a collection of friends and artists coming together at a single moment in time. And you kind of can't really recreate what this collective was and did because it was just of that brief moment. And so I think it's beautiful, but also it's not sad, but kind of sad in the way that it's fleeting. But it's a beautiful way to to see where all these people came together at a time in their lives and created this beautiful story, this album that is really, really important. All right, let's open it up with the first track on the album, Bird's Nest. Okay, so um, the themes of this album are presented immediately in this first track. Um, you know, gender and gender confusion and dysphoria are the first things that are mentioned. And, you know, there's a metaphor on top of a metaphor, I think, and it takes a second to wrap your head around. Um, you know, like you said, a lot of this is uh, poetry. And um, I didn't want to feel too much like I was in English class trying to analyze a lot of this stuff. Um, but, you know, it starts off my confusion on the album as well. I mean, you because I'm not sure, you know, what, um, you know, what genders and pronouns and sex organs are corresponding to whom and who and what. And, you know, I'm I'm, I'm you know, I'm trying to figure out the characters of this story. Right. And maybe that's the point, you know, because sex and gender are such an abstract concept anyway. You know, everything is a spectrum, you know, and genitals and genders had never relate to each other. Pronouns are literally just a part of speech. Can be anything you want. Um, so Jordan, you know, I, I I don't know what they are referring to exactly in this song, but it it sounds like I I want to be as delicate as possible. This sounds like it's a song about uh, semen. Okay, yeah. And, and you know, it's um, you know, referring to this semen as uh, as as ovaries, which again, you know, is that gender dysphoria, and you know, referring to those ovaries as a bird's nest, which makes sense, ovaries, eggs, and uh, you know, he's talking. Sorry, they're talking to a, a dentist to get a, a semen out of the mouth. Um, um, but um. Yeah, I guess, you know, I, we haven't talked about the music itself a lot. And, um, you know, this is the first taste we get of, of, of the music. I love the instrumental here, but, you know, it's harder to focus. I think the subject matter is the focus. I think we can talk about we can talk about the music after the lyrics, because with this song, it kind of really opens up the whole lyric part of the song is kind of at the start. And then you have a whole musical end or rest of the song and end. Um, yes. So we can just kind of talk a little bit about the the lyrics. Uh, I think I'll read the lyrics because this, uh, just of this particular song, probably because it's, it's just so short. short. Yeah. So the lyrics are just right away telling you, you know, the gender confusion, the, the gender fuckery is just immediately apparent. So the lyrics are, my mouth is filled with his ovaries. I hold them here between my teeth. 
Oh, get these birds' nests out of me. Dentists, get these birds' nests out of me. How do you fertilize what cannot be? How do you fertilize what cannot be? Dentists, get these birds' nests out of me. So very intense imagery, very intensely intimate right away, which I really love about this opener. It's it's immediately striking you and um, letting you know that this album is not for the faint of heart, I think. No, it yeah, it's it's it sets the tone and and uh, weeds out any pussies not ready to listen to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kind of a funny word to use there. But um <laughs> so this is something that happens a lot throughout this well, maybe not a lot, but happens throughout this album is this using quote unquote the wrong, you know, words or gender signifiers. Uh, Jordan does this on purpose, you know, my mouth is filled with his ovaries. We don't, you know, we don't think of ovaries as belonging to a he. And, you know, what, what is that? (laughs) But it's, it, to me, I said, you know, it's bending and twisting vocabulary not meant for queer and trans people. The album immediately contextualizes itself sort of in and out of a of society, you could say. <laughs> so yeah. So, but this this uh, fucking with gender signifier thing was adopted from Henry Darger, who in his epic in the realms of the unreal portrayed uh, the the female characters, the Vivian girls, as having penises, and some speculate, you know, that this could be a gender confusion thing on Henry Darger's part, or that maybe he just did not know what looked like (laughs) but um for whatever reason he did it that's what it is and so that really inspired jordan and yeah so that's kind of where that originates from gotcha okay so can i ask um the the other person in this song that isn't that isn't the narrator i don't think i ever figured out like you know what they're assigned at birth gender was and what gender they are now and what, you know, I, I, I was never able to like, I, I don't know. I was never able to figure it out until I just thought, you know, does it really matter? So. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I read it as, you know, I read it as, I read it more as ovaries are the testicles, but because this person may be a trans woman, they're affectionately referred to as ovaries and this is kind of a messy song in that these birds nest obviously birds nest holding of eggs like you said but also in my mind when I think of a bird's nest I think of like kind of a mess in a way like it's a home but it's a mess of sticks and twigs and whatever you can find so it's kind of this um, uncomfortability of holding that, that exchange of uh, maybe like an intimate moment, but not understanding your partner and kind of maybe not wanting to deal with all that they're bringing to the table. Yeah, it's, I mean, and this album does this a lot, you know, when it talks about sex, it's, it's not, it doesn't seem glamorous or very sexy ever. It's um like, 
the narrator talks a lot about talks about sex in a very like they they highlight the 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 gross parts of sex the the parts that no one ever talks about or is put into media like like humans are gross <laughs> and i feel like a lot of this the the sex that is talked about here is kind of grimy in a way like it's uncomfortable and uneasy yeah i i think that i mean obviously just like completely heterosis gendered sexes of course can be just gross and whatever blah you know also i think this is gonna come off as maybe like extra messy because we're just not used to so much so many like layers of confusion and mess and you know conflict coming with coming (laughs) you know coming out of the sex part but also if you think of you know sex within a marriage like no one no one wants to talk about you know, marital sex, like, uh. <laughs> but the way that that sex is talked about in this album, it almost seems like the narrator hates sex. Oh, I don't, I don't see it as that. But also, there's a lot of like imagery. There's a lot of kind of, I don't, I don't want to say like romanticism, but like, um, when you write poetry, obviously you, you, things flourish. Um, anyways, but we can we can talk more about that in those instances that you feel that way further along in the album but after this declaration of the lyrics we have the musical part and i think you'll feel more comfortable talking about that what what do you have to say about that (laughs) um i love the instrumental Uh, i love the horns the horns stay present throughout the whole album and i love horns um you know and i love acoustic folk music in general but um, you know this kind of it it moves very slowly on this song. It it feels thick, like you're like swimming through like syrup. Like that's what the instrumental of this song sounds like. It's uncomfortable and uneasy, but it's also like warm and understanding at the same time. And there's you know these dissonant tones in the background um, that acro- that go across the whole thing, and it kind of teases where the uh, rest of the album or, will go. Uh, thematically and uh, musically yeah the 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 latter half of this track is uh i like the instrumental yeah i absolutely love the instrumental horns the brass section really is it's kind of like a steady march and it's all the it's almost the music is almost saying like come with us you know and leads you to the rest of the album but yeah i do agree it sounds like thick it's very rich and I don't think I really have heard the 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 way that the music is arranged on this album. I don't really think I've heard much like it. It's very yes, it's very unique, very interesting. Yeah, which which makes sense because you know the collection, the collective, you know every every person in this collective of the Horse Museum, you know they were significant in arranging and contributing, and you, I think you really feel that in this album but let's march on to the next track organs for oceans more more sex let's get into it <laughs> yes um the first thing i wrote down um and then i literally put a strike through uh through it, it's, it I, I put uh i think another song about come um, <laughs> uh, but i you know i stopped trying to make every song about jizz uh-huh 
so classic straight yeah, man <laughs> amazingly i actually have less to say about this song than the previous song you know it's it's a haunting and uncomfortable song uh yet again um you know and it's that tremble in jordan's voice um you know and it it's recorded like they're throwing their voice at you from across the room with you know so much emotion like as much emotion as possible it's palpable and uh, it, it, the recording across this whole album, but especially in this song, it sounds very open. It sounds like they're in an open room. Um, I love the the oh, oh. yeah, I love that. Yeah. It's um, yeah, they're so haunting. They add to that kind of like eeriness to it. I'm, I, you know, I'm. Tr- I was trying to decipher the lyrics of this song, and there are pieces of it that I understand, but I'm having trouble with the overarching story here, I guess. Uh, Drowning, a landlord, love songs, and a bathtub are some things that I wrote down. I just want to know how it all connects um, and what this uh, poetry means, because I'm having a hard time. It's amazingly written. I just wish I was uh, smart enough, maybe queer enough to understand it. Okay, I love that. Yeah, if you want to just throw out, you know, what just just let me know what sticks out to you, what um, stays with you, and then we can go from there. I don't, you know, when you said like you don't want to feel like you're in English class, to me, when I'm like pouring over these lines that I've sung for many years but never really um, sat down and said, okay, what can I look for in here that I'm not understanding? There's there's some lines, many lines and lyrics in this album where I'm like, I can't make sense of this one. I still don't get what this is. Um, but you don't you know, always have to. It's about the feeling. But um, I want it to be fun, you know, more of like a puzzle but a fun puzzle in like, what can I get from this? Like what, maybe there's like a hidden meaning and you know, um, it it should be a fun thing, but if, if it's not, then, you know, that's okay. It's not, it's not for everybody. Organs for Oceans is the name of the song. I don't think we said the name of the song. I think I did. Oh. Bitch. Ignore me. There are some really straightforward lyrics in here and I'm gonna, I'm gonna say I understand what you were saying in the previous uh song about like sex not being sexy because the the opening to this song is he slept in my bed after i filled his body with insects and panic and of course that doesn't yeah, that's not very sexy <laughs> well i don't think that what's so funny about you saying that is i've never thought about the sex on this album not being sexy i've always just thought of it as sex and like that's just that's just reality i've never thought like that's not very sexy i've always just thought like yeah that's real (laughs) um so it's funny that you're mentioning that now i wouldn't i was not even thinking about that but so so this in this song the narrator describes a sexual experience in which they refer to themselves as being useless due to the inability to procreate the uh, sexual experience that the two characters are having is not going to result in a baby and for society that is kind of what the point of sex is in a way you know you get married you have kids you have sex to have kids that is what happens in a cisgender hetero relationship so the line i was useless inside him to me is very heartbreaking because of course there's 
so much more to sex. Um, but I understand that the narrator is conflicted with not understanding that because of maybe what you've been, what they've been taught since you're a child. All you see is families of moms and dads and kids, and that is what you do. You know, when a, you know, where do babies come from? When a mom and dad love you, or when a man and woman love each other, <laughs> blah, 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 you know? And so they're pleading to trade organs for oceans, which I still can't figure that line out, like what the ocean is. But the line, you know, is there a vaccine for this? Im implying that they're sick and diseased. It's just a very intense and heartbreaking language. But I wanted to say, so the, the lines... The lines are, is there a vaccine for this to clean out all the unborn kids? And followed by that, in parentheses, a whole graveyard here in this bed. Uh, there are some unspoken lyrics in this album that you can see in the, the lyrics, which are kind of like, like the narrator's inner monologue. A whole graveyard here in this bed is in parentheses. Um, so th they're just like here and there throughout the album. It It's not necessary to... No, but if you dig more into the album, you'll see it's like a little, little, you know, Easter egg. Um, but you, you said landlord, bathtub, you know, um, I really love the, the lines, you know, he broke me good where the landlord left scars, emptied all the bedrooms to reclaim the stretch marks. To me, that's like, to me, the landlord is the person inhabiting the body, like left scars, like like harming yourself. And it's just kind of, that's that's what I think of. I don't know if that's accurate to what Jordan was thinking, but that's kind of like my little interpretation of that. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's some religious imagery at the end, which ties into the queer uh, experience a lot of and a lot of people just grow up with religion and a lot of self-hate because of growing up with religion and that's not unique to to queer people but i think all of us can kind of not all of us but a lot of people can relate to that even if you're not you know raised in in any church it bleeds it's a sickness yes yeah no you're yeah you're totally right i'm preaching yes amen Preach to me <laughs> So yeah, so music, musically, you touched on that a little bit. Incredible powerhouse voice Jordan has. I just, I just go crazy listening to this album, and I'm just, I just let it, ah, you know. <laughs> yeah, vo vocals on this track are crazy. Very good, and I like the instrumental too. Uh, um, yeah, you know, I always love an acoustic guitar, and um, in the last part of this song, we get uh, some some we get like almost like a, a a breakdown kind of thing with some percussion, right? Um, and then we get like it's more intense. An, I know you like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we get an increase in the tempo, and it almost becomes frantic, right? Mm -hmm. It's like a rush, and yeah, I love that. Yes, yeah, I'm glad that you do. Moving on to Avalanches, the most palatable song on this album. <laughs> is, okay. Do you disagree? Do you think so? Is, is that the general consensus? I do consensus? think so. I, what do you think is the most palatable song on this album? I think this track is Well, it's is interesting the most... that you say that because mm -hmm. I think it's this song as well. But 
Okay, well, yes. I didn't think that it was up for debate. I just thought it was yeah, plainly yeah. obvious. I think I think there's other options, but yeah, it's probably... This is the most. Maybe. It is. It has the most streams on Spotify, this song. Does it? Yes. Oh, I thought... I thought the next one had more. Nope, we're at 1.7 million for Avalanches. Oh, wow. Jeez. Okay. Um, This is my first favorite on the album. This is one that I think you knew that I already had saved in my music. This is one that, you know, I've listened to a lot all the time. I've put it on a lot of playlists, you know, and I love the sound of it. But, you know, I also love the lyrics and the symbolism, but I never really thought about it too much, I guess. And in a lot of my um, listening, it was always on. And I was like, yeah, this is good. And I like listening to it, but I never really thought about it too much. Um, and and now listening to this album a bunch of times, um, it feels strange uh, to pick a favorite um, or to listen to songs on their own, because I really feel like this album needs to be listened to as a whole. And yes, I mean, this is a singular piece of music. And yes, it's the most streamed um, from this album. But I don't know, it just feels like it needs to be on the album. And it's weird to say this is my favorite. I listen to it outside of the album. It, it just feels weird now to me. Um, uh, you know, this song... Um, is another one that's metaphors on top of metaphors. Oh, yeah. Okay. I had a hard time keeping track of these metaphors that were going on. Uh, you know, snow is flesh in gardens. Okay, sure. Um, I don't know what that means, but I can accept that. But then they say, you know, they, yeah, they say that they don't have mouths and then, and then I get lost again. And then, you know, the whole thing, I just can't grasp, you know, what story is trying to be told here. I know the feeling, right? I like, I know the vibe of it. I don't have to understand every single lyric yes. to understand what yes. this song is saying Woo. to me and to other people. Yes, preach. Um, and it's know, saying I, I, what? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, okay. Um, um, but yeah, I love this song. So you don't really have like an interpretation. You're just kind of accepting that there is a meaning, but you don't know. You're agnostic. Yeah, I wrote down, why are their bodies avalanches? I've lost okay. the plot. <laughs> okay, that's perfect. I love it. I love to hear any, if you have any thoughts or if there's confusion or understanding, whatever it is, I just love, I love to hear it. We'll work uh, yes. through it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I love this track so much. I love the simple um, lyrics. I think the songs that are so like much shorter in its in the lyricism, it's it's like a real treat. It's a, just a nugget because there's so much there in just a couple of lines. Jordan is just incredible, uh, I think. But so. Yeah, if snow is flesh and gardens, we don't have mouths to talk about it. So if if snow is our human flesh in the in a in a garden, we don't have mouths to talk about it. So for me it's like we don't have mouths to talk about it in that nature doesn't it discuss itself. It just exists. But also we don't have mouths, we cannot talk, we are illiterate. All of this type of word, all these words and imagery relates to being queer, trans, gay, whatever you are, and not having 
the proper vocabulary to describe yourself. So I think it, it, you know, for me, I have this interpretation of, you know, this natural, this, this nature, we just are. Um, but there's also that connection of not having words to talk about your own experiences and your own self. Um, but between avalanches, we can find our language. So for me, this is like between the chaos and destruction, the building and rebuilding, we can find ourselves and relate to one another. And they and the narrator says, our bodies will be avalanches, which is just like our bodies will be avalanches. What the heck? But for me, you know, always changing, chaos, being destroyed, in conflict, torn down and built up again. That is what is in nature. Avalanches are natural and to us it might be destruction, but it is completely, you know, meant to be in a way. And aside from that, besides that, I just want to say I am in love with the, um, if snow is like skin, it pulls away so easy, dragged from the body. It kind of is, I think of it as like this violent imagery, but I don't think that it is meant to be. Um, I just wanted to make that little really note. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Like if snow is like skin... Um, our skin pulls away so easy from the body. The snow melts away from the ground very easily. Like, it's just, we are one, you know, like, we are one with nature. We are one with the earth. We are meant to be. I think it's like a very comforting song to, um, not just to people in the community of the, of the, like, the LGBT community, but just to anyone who inhabits a body and feels strange and out of place and unnatural um it's like our bodies will be avalanches like they it we <laughs> we are a part of nature see i i think the violent imagery is on purpose i mean i think this album is filled with violent grisly imagery Yes, um, me too. I just don't see it. I think in this, as I'm going back to this song, because I've listened to this song many times, and I'm like, oh, violent imagery in this song. But as I am as I have like analyzed the rest of it, I just don't see it as that anymore. So my interpretation has changed. That's all I'm making a note of. I love the melody, you know, the, uh, I love the tune of this song. It, you know, gets stuck in my head really easily. It's really nice sounding and it's, you know, the first one on the album that doesn't sound uncomfortable and haunting. And, um, you know, this track almost feels optimistic, light, airy. Um, I like it. I think it is that, you know, it's it's like a comforting track. Um, there's, you know, multiple voices on the, not the chorus, but, you know, between avalanches. It's like sung together. You know, it's it's like we're comforting each other, and I feel that it is like a comforting um, type of song to sing to your community. Yes, yeah. Are you ready for the second most popular track? Yeah. Racehorse, Get Married. Racehorse, Get Married is the first song that I heard from this album. It was sent to me by a close friend of mine at the time 
I immediately was like, whoa, okay, (laughs) because that is the nature of many of the songs on this album. And I guess I don't remember much after that, but I guess I was intrigued enough to, you know, dive into the rest of the album. But this is one of the most popular or it is the second most popular song on this album. Very striking. It immediately greets you with you fuck like a racehorse. <laughs> so what are your what are your thoughts on that? The way that they sing this, the way that Jordan sings this, it's 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 almost like uh like they're sounding strained. Uh and the accent, I where, where are they from? They're Canadian, remember? Okay, so what's the accent? Because I feel like I hear such an intense accent on this song. Like it's really well, accentuating like just the the way that that is indie punk accent. <laughs> okay, got well, okay, there In, we go. You know, indie indie folk punk yes. accent of okay, the two thousand gotcha. oh, I don't think I ever said that this album came out in two thousand nine. Right at the end of the decade. You know, that you know. But also, the, their their voices vary their own. But yeah, the, I think y- yes, there's I that um, their voice has been shaped. I'm sure by the other music. Yeah, they're singing like like their vocal cords are trying to break out of their neck. Yes, like it's it seems very very intense, very emotion filled, aggressive. Yeah, in their previous albums, they you know, kind of started out as more um, of the, like, Elliot Smith variety and over time kind of grew into using their voice louder, um, pushing it to the edge, really saying, like, here I am, here is my strength and my voice kind of thing. Um, And I love the way that they use it on this album. Yeah. Um, Yeah, this song is very good. Um, but, uh, for me, it's a hard listen. And I think for most people, it would be a hard listen. I think, um, I, I want to say that it was hard to get a lot of my thoughts down on this album. And I think, you know, how dense and how, um, detailed this album is. And I can never say everything that I want to say, but you know, this song feels, uh, more direct than other songs on this album. Um, like the song is being directed at someone, you know, the, the lyrics across this whole thing, despite, you know, again, not understanding all of the symbolism and metaphors here, the, the lyrics across it are evocative. They're very evocative. And they sing with, uh, you know, like I said, all, all sorts of emotion could break, break down into tears at any moment. Um, and, you know, this song is where I start getting hints of uh, Phil Elverum. Uh, from the microphones and Mount Erie, the the songwriting feels very similar, the instrumentation feels very similar, and the emotive singing feels very similar. And um, a lot of Phil Elverum songs are absolutely absolutely amazing, but they feel weird to listen to out of context of the album, you know. And I think this song is like that. It's um, it's it's a hard listen. It's 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 hard to listen out of context of the album. Um, it's an objectively beautiful song. I think, but it just makes me feel heavy and it brings me down, but it's beautiful. Yeah, I, that's that's totally fair. It definitely is hard to listen to, you know, 
this type of album that deals with the just you know breakdown of a of a marriage um there's like a lot of pain and emotion and this is one of the more wordy songs it's longer and the it, it's longer and it's um the whole thing <laughs> it's whole the whole thing of it um and the lyrics it's longer so there's there's a lot to get into to, there's a lot to sink your teeth into with this song and it does have kind of like a sadder tone i would say before i talk about some of the lyrics and the meaning are, is are there any lines that stick out to you or anything like that um well Imagery? you know obviously the the, the one that sticks out to anyone that hears this song is you can swallow shotguns if you want to. I think that's such a punch you in the gut lyric sitting on its own. Yeah. I mean, and, and the, um, the, the way that they sing, uh, it's your wedding day, your wedding day, say yes. There's something about it just sounds very, very nice in my brain. Um, and so that part sticks out to me, but it sounds very devastating the way it's sung. Yeah, it, it is kind of um, like you're almost forced to. You know, there's very much an urgency in this song, talking like talking to oneself into the marriage. I don't really know what that means. You fuck like a racehorse, and then immediately followed by "It's your wedding day, your wedding day, say yes." I thought of the phrase, you know, I gotta piss like a racehorse, right? Right. And so I'm like, you've you've heard of pissing like a racehorse. Get ready for fucking. Get ready like for fucking like a racehorse. Yeah. Did um, you see that video on Twitter? No, no. Of the dude and the horse. Oh, I know of it, but I don't think I've seen that. Okay. Anyway, this album was actually inspired by that. Oh. No, 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 that makes no. Sense. <laughs> That's not true. I hope that Jordan Mason has, you know, a sense of humor. I don't Oh, absolutely. That, I don't think that they would listen to this, but There are some darkly humorous parts on this yes, album. Yes, I know. I just I I guess a sense of humor about this. I don't know. Anyways, okay. I'll talk about my little tidbits of, about of this, okay? <laughs> So okay. this this song provides a lot of imagery for me that stems from both the lyrics and the album cover. I didn't even mention the album cover. There's literally so much to mention with this album that I'm going to forget some things and I that's pro probably why I'm so anxious and nervous about it because this this album means so much to me, but the album cover is I'm pretty sure it's Jordan sitting in I what I think it's a rocking chair, wearing a wedding dress, wearing boots wearing a horse mask, holding a shotgun. Um, it's a reference to another album's artwork. I can't remember the name of that album, but it's one of my favorite album artworks of all time. It's beautiful. It really reminds me of like an old timey farmhouse. And that's a lot of the imagery that I get off of this album. And I think of when I think of the, the marriage, these two characters who are married, I imagine them on this like farmhouse when they've got their shotgun and they are you know they hunt and they do all of the things that you do when you're like living in the country or the woods or something you know what i mean one of my favorite lines is in the song um i'll i'll say the previous line memorize your casket your mother patterns the space between your legs i grab what's good of you that line has always stuck out to me the idea of like your 
genitals as being the part that's good of you um because i think of like someone that being like really crude of like all you're good for is that but in this context i don't think that's what it means at all i don't know in a way it could be loving the way that they sing it it like doesn't sound that way but i don't know you know it's up for interpretation and it's just kind of it's always stuck out to me though and i've always kind of related to it in a way i hear you yeah they're uh one of the the main kind of the direct center of this song is i would like a word with you um they're really they really really would like a word with you the way that it's sung is like pleading and that is jordan said the song is really about exactly that, wanting a word with someone, wanting to occupy a category together, wanting to be finite when nothing is or can or ever will be. So how do you have a marriage in a non-hetero relationship? What does marriage even mean? Um, what do you call it? Um, so it's, an, it's another part of not having the vocabulary of the words to describe yourself as somebody who, who exists sort of in the fringes of society i'd say and just wanting to belong yeah so one of one of my other favorite parts is or lines and parts is you can swallow shotguns if you want to this the swallowing shotguns is a very strong image this song isn't about suicide but it's something i've related it to i actually think this line is more sexual in nature or it could have many meanings either way i think it shows a lot of love and acceptance giving someone the freedom to be who they are and live the life they want to you know you can kill your old self the version of you that you show to the world and marry me and be gay or whatever <laughs> or whatever yeah, sometimes, you know, I think about the more, like, darker meaning that that could have. It, it, I don't think it means that in the song, but I've, I have listened to this album a lot when depressed and suicidal, and it's just really comforted me, and I've related to it in that way, through that lens. And I'm, I don't want to say that this album isn't about that, because it's definitely not about suicide, but... It is written and created by a group of people who, you know, have dealt with mental health issues. So I think it's it inherently is going to have a certain tilt to it. Yeah, precisely. <laughs> okay. Should we get into the wrong parts? Who are the Vivian sisters? So the Vivian sisters I mentioned earlier is, is from the Henry Darger epic. There's uh, seven sisters. They're the, I'm pretty sure they're the protagonists of the story. And they're the ones who, in Henry Darger's illustrations, have been portrayed as having like penises. Yeah. So, so this they're singing song, in this song. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, they are singing. So this Thank is, you. you're welcome. So this is a song that's about, are very much influenced by that Henry Darger story. And I think it's really fun. This is such a fun track. It is not really like fast, but it's kind of like upbeat. And the way that the guitar strumming has like 
it's not really like Spanish guitar-y, but it in a way kind of it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> this and this album has a, f- a few moments of that. Yeah, almost yeah. almost a Spanish guitar. Yeah, right. And and this this song kind of has that almost like all the way throughout. It does have like a little bit of a slower breakdown, and then it like goes back into the the sound. The the um yeah the the sound of this song it almost sounds like a like an, a big epic ballad you know yes yeah I think that this is such a great uh, accompanying song to the Henry Darger work um I I think that some of the best songs are inspired by like books or stories or like written work um I think that it just inspires really cool songs this. Song is much more easy to interpret because of that. Um, I can almost tell you basically what each part of it means. There's one of my favorite lines. There's an illiteracy between our legs where parts of me are you and parts of you are me. I love the way that's sung. The harmony in that is really cool. Of course, it gives you that sonic kind of, in not interpretation, but, you know, it's sung together in different tones because of Jordan's voice and then the other person's voice. It's like complimenting and it's really cool. And then there is a hidden parenthetical note in a part of the, in the song. It's uh, after, and there is an illiteracy between our legs. The second one after that is followed with, it's followed by, I've tried to ignore it. This part, that part, which part, both parts please say wrong parts so i just really like that and the way that it's kind of chanted this is such a fun song and it's really cool i think it's interesting that you keep calling it fun i have a hard time calling any of this album fun but um i think this one's so fun with like the way that the way that they're like you know the way that it's sung the soldiers are coming like it's I, I like that a lot. And the, the brass section just is so much fun. To me, it almost feels ominous. Yeah. Like, I, it, yeah, it is. Like, like, um, like there's something bad coming, you know, like, um, man, the battle stations. Right. And that's, that's, what's fun about it. Because like, if you watch a movie, the scene in the movie where everyone's getting ready, like it's, it's like you're on the edge of your seat, you know, they're getting ready for war. But the the war in the story, it's like there the, it's a whole war about like this child there's like child slavery. It's a child slave rebellion. And so the seven sisters are children and the lines that say, and I'm wearing the costumes of children so I can confuse, become them. But how do you know what's underneath? What kind of creature is in me? That's a reference to these like creatures in the story that are able to like morph into children, which is really interesting. It makes me want to read the Henry Darger epic because it just sounds really fascinating. Uh, but that is what that is about in the beginning. I'm sharing this bed with seven sisters and you, and I'm holding a baseball bat between us. That is kind of a reference to Jordan's childhood in which they would sleep with a baseball bat and they relate to this song in that, you know, it's about like child or they relate to the story in that it's 
about the abuse of children. So that that is how they relate it to their life. God, I sound like I'm illiterate. Let's just let's just say that right now. <laughs> Wait, what? Just my words are not coming out very clear. Oh. Your I think your words are your words are great. I love your words. You know, I guess the the first time that I, you know, heard this song, I thought this song was basically like a sex scene, you know? Oh. Like um with children. <laughs> well, okay. But you didn't know. Yes, it's I okay. Know. Even though um, that says children. It 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 feels like a sex scene feel, filled with uh confusion and uncomfortable moments, you know, right after their wedding. And, you know, after after getting married, sex can change drastically. I know after my three ex-wives and, uh, you know, you're, you're, things can definitely change. And uh, you're just trying to show love to your partner um, sexually. But um, they're going through all of this, you know, they just came out as, as trans and realized uh, what this uh, body dysmorphia means, this gender dys- dysphoria. You know, I think what the narrator is talking about here is that it almost feels like um, having sex with a stranger at this point. Uh, The narrator keeps asking if uh, their partner has a safe word. Uh, They clearly do not have a safe word. They say it multiple times. They do not have a safe word, but it's repetitive. It keeps getting said over and over again. It's like they're trying to navigate each other um, because now all of this is new. It used to be familiar to them. But it's all com- it's all new. It's all it's they're just trying to figure each other out. But it's it's all in a you know completely respectful and no ill will kind of way. Yeah, it's just it it just feels like a lot of confusion around um, what sex is supposed to be like for them now. That's really interesting. The way that I interpret that part is like the the so this this couple the the dissolution of this marriage is happening during the Kalandalinian War. So the way that I read this song is that this this song kind of happens outside of them and then like different scenes in a movie and then this do you have a safe word I don't have a safe word refrain the music changes um and it's almost like we're cutting to a scene of these two people who are trying to be intimate or understand their intimacy while this war is going on does that make sense and then we kind of like cut back to getting ready for war yeah it's like a soliloquy yeah so it's kind of happening somewhere else and we're cutting to that like a little a little juxtaposition with the rest of the song i hear that's how i read it that's what i think of (laughs) yeah so yeah i think that's really cool i like the horns again in this song i like the horns so, and I like the whimsical instruments. I, yeah, I love it. The whole. I can't do it. I can't really do it. It's like um, I was listening to the song. Loved it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I, I want to do more, but I won't. Go listen to the song if you want to know what it sounds like. It's the longest song on the album, and it's also the longest segment in this podcast. All right, all right. Uh, Prayer, next song on the album. It's a little short and sweet one. Yeah, um, this is a song that intrigues me a lot, actually. And it's, 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 it's the song that stuck with me the first time you ever played this album around me. It's like the only song that stuck with me. There's a lot of questions being asked about uh, Cock and um, 
a lot of confusion. And it seems like, again, they're just trying to understand how sex works in this, um, you know, new gender gray area that they that they live in. Or not a gray area. Gray area is a bad term. Um, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, they're just they're just it's it's new. Right. And they're trying to figure out how it all works. Um, I, I, I feel the emotion in this song. I, I know the the feelings that are being put forward here. Um, it feels like an interlude of sorts. Um, it is. I mean, I know it's a short song, but this this song feels like an internal monologue, like the narrator's yeah. internal monologue, like it's not being said out loud. And again, like most of the songs on this album, it's uncomfortable and it has delicate subject matter, but it's put right in front of your face um, with, you know, it's it's in a complete matter of fact way. It's blunt, yeah. it's straight up. Yes, it's very honest. Yes, the, you know, the narrator isn't trying to protect anyone from any subject matter and how uncomfortable it can be in its um, non-sexuality. Yeah, this song feels like a Black Country New Road song. <laughs> oh, uh, that's interesting. With, uh-huh. with the horns and the way that the singing is metered. Yeah, I very much like this song. Um, but again, I would probably never listen to it out of context of this album. Oh, okay. That's perfectly fair. I think a lot of the songs on this album live within the album very well. And, you know, maybe you don't take them out of the house very often, and that's fine. You brought something up that I... Was I think I was going to start this episode with saying that I, you know, one of the first times that we, I don't know, went out, you could say, I tried to show you this album. Um, yeah, I remember which, it. Yeah. Um, that's so embarrassing. That's such an embarrassing thing. Well, I, I was listening to this and I was remembering that. And I was like, Jesus Christ. I was like so depressed. I was so desperately trying to relate to somebody else and show this album to somebody else and discuss it and feel it, you know? And I, and it, so it's kind of funny. Here we are doing that in a much better context, I think. So the, the first part of this song, I don't, I said, honestly, I don't know what the heck this means. Sold my skin for all their cancer. What do you want from me? I will not clinic you easy. I was like, I, I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know what this is. But the whole part of where do you put your cock in, when, how, it is really honest and direct. Um, I think it's an honest and direct, I guess for lack of a better word, depiction of queer trans sex or intimacy perhaps how do you have sex when you don't understand what your parts are or what they mean or the purpose of the act itself if you know it's supposed to result in a child you know what what is it when it doesn't do that and i love the sweetness and innocent sound of this song i think it i think it's very sweet the uh like instrumental itself and the way that they the way that jordan sings and the way that's metered so though though there is a struggle and there can be emotional pain when attempting to be intimate with someone while you're processing your own gender identity body existence it's still a beautiful thing 
to share with someone, to be intimate with someone through all the chaos. Yeah, this 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 album, I guess, I don't know. Because I didn't think you were going to talk about directly the first time that you play this album for me. But like in in my mind, that's like, um, I don't know. I, that night is very vivid to me um, and it sticks in my head very often. So this song sticks in my head very often and it kind of... Uh, carries a lot of weight for me, I guess, in in a separate way than what the song is intending. Yeah. And I mean, that's what music is and what it does. Yeah. Uh, you, you, well, okay. This is, this is actually uh, another one of my, it's, it's up there for me on this album, mostly because of how it sounds. Up there as in one that you like? One of my favorites. Yes. Wow. But mostly because how it sounds. Um, but this is a dense track. Yes. Uh, and I don't feel equipped to dig into it. Um, I am uh, straight and cis and stupid. But I uh, I love the way that it sounds. Um, I get a lot of uh, neutral Milk Hotel vibes from this song. Um, and a lot of other songs, too. Um, and again, this song talks about sex in a very blunt way and uh, doesn't say it gently and it doesn't detail the good and fun parts of sex, just the uncomfortable, dirty parts. Um, but the narrator doesn't seem to think sex is gross. It's just like a frustration that they don't understand yet. Well, I think it's kind of problematic that you're saying the gross and dirty parts when... Like, that's a different sector of sex that you engage in. No, I I, I think, I, I guess I'm not being clear enough. The narrator always talks about um, before or after sex, never having sex. It's always, the, the sex that is discussed is always, here's all this stuff I got to clean up. It's messy. I got to clean it up. Um, I'm confused. What's going on here? It's, it's... It's never like, it's 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 not sexy. It's, it's like, are um, you talking about the the end of the song, the end part where it's saying like, and when we pull out of each other, I ask if you can tug me off, like that part. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean that part, or yeah. I guess I guess there's there's other songs that are better examples. Um, oh, I mean the first part of the song. I gave birth to body white, collected to my thighs held her there between my legs and brought my knees up high. Like, am I crazy or is that the image of this person holding uh, a, a pool of ejaculate in their lap? Like, that's not... I think of that as giving birth. Oh, okay. Interesting. That's just what I think of it in the immediate. Well, yeah. And then, you know, and she slid out. I don't know how she slid out. I don't know how. You know, it's it's after sex. That's how I'm seeing it. And that's how I see it a, a lot in this album is that it's... it's. I think of this... So that first part... I think of this as different parts. So it's not all one narrator. So the first part could be one narrator not understanding how they're giving birth. And then that part is part of the very end... 
from a different narrator saying it in the hospital, they ask me if I know where your parts go, but I tell them your body isn't made from skin they know. And that is that is being sung about the person who gave birth. And the person who gave birth is saying, I don't want to be your wife. I couldn't stand to do this my whole life. But then these these other parts are maybe different characters or different the characters at different parts in, of time. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. So to me, I think of, or for me, I think of this song as like bits and pieces put together, like a collage of moments. See, this is why I'm, I've, I was scared for me to talk about this album because I, <laughs> I talk about this album and you're like, Tanner, that sounds pretty terrible that you think all of this is gross. And, <laughs> no. and it's like, man. I'm just That's trying not to talk I... about it. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to be as, as, I don't know. That's not what I mean. I I know that you don't, your interpretation isn't incorrect. And saying that it's all gross, I know you don't mean that in an offensive way. I know you're not saying like, oh, gay slash trans sex is gross. I know that's not what you're saying. You're interpreting it as the narrator depicting it in this way or describing it in this way. I think I'm more so trying to say for the people who may be listening to the album or listening to our analysis of it is to to like question why you think that is or like it's more like are you reacting to the sex being the sex that's depicted as being crude or gross because that's what the narrator is describing or because your interpretation of gay trans queer sex is maybe not good or moral or you know what i mean it's not so much to you it's more so just the idea of interpreting this and inherently we're kind of taught to see that type of sex as being wrong so i just want to make sure that you're not saying that because i don't think that's what you're saying you know what i mean no of course that's not what i'm saying and I know that that's not what you're saying. I just want to make it clear to the audience that that's not what you're saying. Because not everybody See, knows you. I feel like you. I got to cut all my comments out about this album. Because no, I'm no like, you really don't. It's it's like your your comments are perfect. You're just, you're, you're perfect. You're great. You're golden. Okay. Um, I'm just going to throw in a little quote from Jordan. Will that help? <laughs> Sure, maybe, yeah. Okay, so they said there's a completely different way to read the album, which is just to sort of see all the lyrics as this kind of heightened emotional language that's trying to describe gender dysphoria. It's all this confusing metaphor because it's trying to explain that, especially when you first really begin to notice it in yourself, is a confusing state to be in. And again, if you don't have role models, you don't have versions of yourself that you can sort of look up to. See... This this is how I interpreted the album. Like at first I didn't know there was, you know, a story about a war or any epic thing. I thought I thought all of it was a uh, metaphor, simile, imagery about gender dysphoria. I thought it was all relating to that. I thought it all led back to that. So I was trying to th that's how I heard every song, right? Right. 
Uh, well, I guess I should have talked about the specific stanza because the with in the middle of this song, you have these few lines that talked about a boy who built an aviary, gathered all the wood he could carry. You know, he, he had antlers that found seaweed from an ocean bed. He carried carvings of his own geography. These are very poetic lyrics. And the way that you can read that is just to see it as like trying to describe gender dysphoria, but you can also just interpret that as, you know, for me, it's like the mythos of this world. Like in this world, this boy has antlers and, you know, he's literally carrying carvings of his own geography. And then, but he had, he stabbed his own eyes out so he couldn't see. Like, you can think of a literal boy who stabbed his own eyes out, or you can think of it as somebody trying to figure out their own self, their own identity, build their own geography, so much though that they, it gets lost and they're blinded from their journey of self-discovery that they can't make sense of anything anymore you know there you can just read it how you want to read it yeah i didn't know there was any lore to immerse myself into so yeah i was reading and listening to this like it was all about gender dysphoria and trying to illustrate that yeah i that's that is also how i interpreted it i think because those parts stand out to us they're from a world that we know that's what we're able to analyze much more easily. But this other stuff, this other poetic lyricism, I think builds a whole world that, of course, is metaphorical for gender dysphoria, but it also builds like a very, not, I don't want to say a very clear world, but it's clear that it builds its own mythos, you know? And that's what and that's what I love. The more you listen to it and the more you dig into the lyrics, the more things you can see and find. You're right. No, you're and and that's what happened to me. The more I listened to it, the more I realized things and and yeah, exactly. Um and as much as I want to talk about this for forever, I feel like we got to we got to move on to the next tracks. Yeah, I'm done with this one. Let's go to him/her. Good name. Clever name. So we've arrived at our first uh, interlude. Yep. Um, no, no lyrics, but you know, the themes of gender dysphoria are still there in the title. So just so you know, this track sounds exactly like the first two minutes of a 12 minute black country new road song. Like a specific one? No, just like it sounds like if uh. black country new road had a 12 minute song, just any general black country new road 12 minute song this is the first two minutes that makes sense i can see that you know the uh the slow horns and the there's this like delicate piano and there's this kind of eerie echoey nature mixing on it um you know and and this song you know it feels like um a nice little break a reprieve from some of the uh, pretty heavy subject matter that we've been dealing with throughout this album you know, a track that keeps the tone, but offers a little bit of a palate cleanser. And um, it also, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it, it divides the album up before we get into the second half. 
Yes. I love this. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think there's very much piano on this album. And Oh, it's I think, very light. It's very subtle. Yeah. And so I love that it's more apparent in this track. I also just want to touch on there is, I mean, there's not lyrics, but in the liner notes, there's a quote, my eyes closed in the club, which is a reference to a song. And that's about like being gay and out of place in a club and i think that it's so interesting to juxtapose that with this song and this album because you do not think of anything about a club when you listen to this album no if if this came on in the club i think something was wrong with dj (laughs) well i mean i just but when you also when you listen to this album, you don't think that clubs exist in this world. No, I no, no, <laughs> but, absolutely um, not. But yeah, I think that's just great because obviously, you know, that's relatable being in a club and feeling like you're alone because you're gay and out of place. Good interlude. Yes, I love it. And that takes us to one of my favorite songs in the whole wide world. Underscore, 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 underscore is water. <laughs> can, can, can you just say blank is water? Yeah, I call it is water. Oh, okay. But it is kind of an awkward title. Um, <laughs> but I just wanted to, I wanted to tell the audience, you know what I mean? Like that there, that there's a space there and what there is, is four underscores. So just wanted to be accurate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, well, since this is one of your favorite songs of uh of all time all time uh i'll talk about it first um (laughs) perfect (laughs) um uh, this is a song i already knew of because of you it was a song i was aware of i didn't know how it went though i hadn't heard it a whole bunch besides with you and i knew it mainly because one year this was your number one most listened to song on spotify on on your spotify wrapped sad year (laughs) (laughs) yeah right um, and so I knew this was your favorite song from the album. So I'm, I'm really excited to uh, uh, hear you talk about it. And um, listen, you're saying the sex isn't, isn't um, uncomfortable or grimy on this album. But l- the, the first part of this song made myself a map of folds to fuck and feel and feign as meat. That is so visceral and raw like (laughs) yeah it's like it's beautiful i adore it it's 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 so sex is being painted as this visceral thing yet again and um do you read it as that yes i do and um, because because for me it could have two meanings made myself like turned myself into folds oh or made pictured or made something for myself yes that's what i picture yeah so i just i don't know which one it means but you know i kind of like that it's can be it maybe it is both you know to me it it is both in, in my attempts to interpret this uh, song, you know, the narrator realizes that uh, we're all made of water. We're all just beasts and uh, sex is a natural thing, but it is gory and gross and uncomfortable for everyone and uh, maybe isn't fun for most people at all. That's what I get this from this song. And uh, 
Um, oh, the the repetition on this song, um, the lyrics, you know, it really it gets those feelings across. It's very evocative. I have no idea what most of these repeated things mean at all, but it's it's I get it. You know, um, why did he eat the rivers? Why why did the narrator eat the rivers? I'll I'll dig into this one. So made myself a map of folds to fuck and feel and feign as meat. I really love the idea that it's like turned myself into because, and I do think that you can read it that way because sometimes you just turn yourself into a, a thing that fucks, <laughs> you know? Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I think what the narrator is saying you know, we're all we're all bag of meats. We're sorry, yeah. We're all bags of bag meat. of bag of bones and meat. Yeah. Um, yeah. and all my bronze is breathing, blind painting. My body's a disease. I freaking all the like body being a disease. Uh, lines and imagery on this album I love so much because that is something that I feel so much with my whole heart. I feel like a diseased person in my brain in my body just wholeheartedly matter-of-factly that is how i feel so i really relate and i really feel those lines and i i don't exactly know exactly what all of these words mean in the in the first like stanza but i feel it you know your closet's full of dead birds all my weight is wet I just really feel that. And then we're we're going back to organs for oceans, you know, where where the narrator says trade organs for oceans and now we're continuing on with that in that we're bringing the we're bringing them out the whole ocean. <laughs> Shout out DJ Khaled. I'm yeah. sure he's a big fan of this album. I think so. I really see the inspiration in in his work. So yeah, so the narrator is is full of water, and I don't really know what that means to trade your organs for oceans and then become full of water, but it is it it is connected. The story is being connected. So I I think of it as like returning to the earth, right? Yeah, that's a good interpretation for sure. That's how I think how I have always felt it to be. But yeah, I love the you know erasing your for me the first line. You're you're saying that it's you know obviously obviously it is visceral and kind of yucky maybe but for me it's like yucky erase that's a great word <laughs> for me it's you know erasing the self identity in order to try to feel and connect which is I think relatable for so many people if, even if you don't struggle with gender dysphoria or your sexuality there are times where you know you might want to you're so desperate to connect to another person that you just like have sex you just turn yourself into something that does that you know what i mean a bag of meat yeah so i don't think that you know i think that's relatable to more than just a, a small group of people you know what i mean um but anyways so I said, though this song is probably explicitly about gender and body dysmorphia and that experience, for me, it has strong ties to depression and my mental health problems. Both are extreme and extremely internal conflicts that leave you feeling pain, shame, and broken. Not to say that the trans experience is like 
I, I think it's fair to say that that's a painful, a shameful, a broken feeling experience. I'm not saying that it's only that, just those parts. And same with myself and my mental health. Like, I am not only a pained, shameful, and broken person, but those are definitely parts of me. And I, I sing this song like a worship song for me. I've spent a lot of time with it, mostly while crying. This is a rocking back and forth, eyes closed, hands in the air type song for me. I sing, pull all the whales out of me like a prayer, begging for the begging for the mess of who I am to be bled dry from my body, a body that traps me. I just, I relate to it so much. I don't, you know, exactly. Well, for me, like, pull all the whales out of me is like, just get all the shit out of me, I guess. Um, even the whales are very beautiful and everything, but the repetition, this is sung like what, 11 times? No, nine times, some eight times. Too <laughs> many. No, no. Um, yeah. So, you know, pull all the whales out of me. Did you know? Did you know? I ate all the rivers. I ate all the rivers. All of me is water. And so are you, you know, all of this is, it's a very simple song. And I think all of the the layers of harmonies and the same lines over again for me it is very like prayer it's very worship it's very pain kind of the the repetition is like i really mean this thing over and over again i'm really saying this shit <laughs> and i just love all of me is water and so are you because um whatever it means there's someone else there with you, you know? And all I want in my life and in myself is to be understood and to have somebody love me through all of my brokenness. And this song just means so much to me. It's one of the most important songs to me. So that's what it is for me. Ah. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Yes, of course. It's a good song. I really like it. I understand why this is your favorite. Um, yeah. Oh, it's I'm good. so glad. I'm so glad. Time for smother. Yes, smother. Yes, smother. Um, this song is actually one of the only songs that Jordan has been really direct with its meaning. Then tell me, enlighten me before I say something stupid, please. No, that's why I want you to give your response. Oh before God! I... <laughs> okay, just a little bit, just a bit, a tad, a smidgen. Okay, here's here's what I got from it. Right, first of all, a clever title. The, the title itself you can interpret a lot from, and so you know, it's it's for me, it's like um, tell tell the audience our title. Smother with parentheses around the S. So mother but then parentheses S in the front. And so, you know, um, I think of, uh, you know, like a partner, a romantic partner that uh, uh, needs to be mothered, you know, they need a mother, they need to be mothered. But that mothering, you know, often comes out as smothering. Anyway, that's the, as far as the, my analysis of the title goes, um, this, uh, this I like song, it. thank you, thank you. This song seems to talk about these two people enjoying the last moments of a love that they still have for each other, um, a sweetness and a gentleness, you know, but that 
that sweetness and that gentleness towards each other, I think it's leaving a sour taste in their mouths. Um, it feels ingenuine to them or disingenuous. Uh, they know how this has to end. They know how this relationship has to end, how this marriage has to end. And uh, they'd rather just um, enjoy each other and talk about it in the morning. It's a very sweet, very heartbreaking track. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, I'll say, I'll say more, but that's, that's what I got from it. I really love that interpretation so much. It kind of makes me want to cry. That's oh, very no, sweet. No, I'm sorry. Even though I think the the what it's actually about is like kind of more sad. I don't know. So this Well, fuck me then. <laughs> um this song is about a person who was born with a terminal illness who was also coming to terms with their sexuality that jordan like knew it's about that person so you know and and you can kind of tell within the lyrics where this person is sick the the line i held him where the sickness was he said, it's so much easier to believe in nothing. It's so easy to wait impatiently to die. Really haunting and sad lyrics. This song um, kind of, or it, it doesn't exactly fit this the story of the album. Not that it doesn't fit within the album, but it's just not exactly a part of the, the main characters, if you will. See, I knew my interpretation would be super wrong. <laughs> the doctors told him he'd be gone by now. His, yeah, his lungs full of blankets, burnt, black, and bound. So, you know, describing that, um, I really love the, well, I, lo I love all, all of this song, but the part, uh, I'm going to talk about, can I talk about it? <laughs> I'll talk about the. Please, yes, please. <laughs> the, what, what this, parts of this song, what it means for me personally so the lines he pulled his pants around his ankles and he showed me all the places he went purple because he held too hard his own skin because no one else would touch him i love this imagery so much this honesty and it it breaks my heart and i relate to it so much and i kind of think of you when i like hear this part because it reminds me of you and and kind of the way that you describe yourself i hope that that's not too intimate for me to say on this podcast you're welcome to cut it out but i it just reminds me of you and it reminds me of myself as well and just that the narrator says and i smothered him beastly because that's just what that person needed and then that just it just warms me up inside and and it also hurts you know yes yeah definitely hurts i love um the lines i held him where the sickness was and i nursed him through the night the song really touches me in a very vulnerable place because i relate to the the person though our situations differ greatly i i want to be held where the sickness is and i want to be nursed through the night and i think all of us do and i also um see this part i was thinking you know there's a lot of I, comparing gender identity sexuality to sickness or the or comparing the turmoil 
as sickness. And so I like that this fits in that. It's almost metaphorical if you don't think about the what inspired the song. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. I mean, that's that's I mean, I told you what I thought it was. Yeah. And I love I love your interpretation so much. <laughs> well, thank you. Um yes, it's it's <laughs> a heartbreaking track, but it's also very sweet. Yeah, it's very beautiful. I love the 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 singing saw oh is that what that is yes yeah it's all throughout the album but that makes sense see okay i wrote down theremin but i was like it doesn't sound like a theremin but i couldn't pinpoint what it was yeah no the all throughout the the album there that's what it is okay see okay so it's okay that's a thing that um neutral milk hotel does a lot too yeah we can talk about the neutral milk hotel comparisons after oh okay um (laughs) I just want to say um, with this track, um, the part, uh, he pulled his pants around his ankles and he showed me all the places he went purple because he held his skin. You you said this line earlier. You talked about it earlier. (laughs) Yes, that line. Sorry, I can't read very well. Um, That's okay. And, you know, again, it reminds me, you know, as someone that was reading this album as it all being, um, you know, imagery for gender dysphoria, you know, this, this part stuck out to me a lot. And I think this line is easy to see how it relates to that. But, um, it, it again made me feel that it, it was, it was very evocative. So like, I felt that, that, that deeply, you know, I mean, and again, you're right. It's, it's a line that, you know, I can relate to in some ways, but, I think this album, its purpose, I think this is what I started getting as as around this track is that this album's goal is uh, to make you feel a little bit uncomfortable in your own skin. You know, you hear words like that, you you hear phrases like that, and I don't know, it just makes you feel a little bit like there's something crawling under your skin. You you can't pinpoint it. It just makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable. And, you know, in my head, I was like, you know, oh, maybe that's to get a glimpse of that gender dysphoria that lurks over this entire album. But I don't know. That was just my head. That's a beautiful analysis, Tanner. I really love that. I think that's incredible. I find this I find this album very comforting. But, you know, art is meant to disturb the comfortable and comfort the disturbed. We live in a society. <laughs> yeah. Um, Wild Dogs Divorce? The long-awaited sequel to Racehorse Get Married. Yes. Okay. So originally, I, Wild Dogs Divorce was a part of Racehorse Get Married, but I can't remember why Jordan decided to break them up, but it's obviously the correct and incredible choice. Um, and it makes sense with the with the um, timeline of the album to put the marriage towards the beginning of the album and the wild dog's divorce towards the end of the album. So let's get divorced here. We start with we wed behind the old house, offered our skin, removed it from our branches and let it be curtains. I think that this is like a good little avalanches callback. Uh, Removed our skin from our branches. 
and I asked him where he put the bones. This is a fun track. This track is more like upbeat, and I really love that tone for this song. It's like almost melancholic, but also it's fun. Oh my god, I don't want to get into this if you have some thoughts about certain lines. Okay. <laughs> you, t- you, what stuck I, I out mean, to you? It's it's not about certain lines. Again, uh, you know, when I was thinking about this album, I I thought less about certain lines and more about overall feelings that songs right. would give me. No, I know. I just wonder if things stick out to you or mean something to you, and I just want to hear that and ca- before I. Before I go into my little things that stick out to me, because, you know, well, you're the newcomer. As, yes. Yeah. As, as someone that's been interpreting this album as a linear storyline, which, you know, I'm realizing is not at it's not that simple. But so in my, you know, the, the relationship has reached the breaking point. Right. The divorce is here. It's over. Marriage off blah 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 and uh it almost feels triumphant in this song that the relationship is over thank you that's kind of what i was trying to say like with the the way that the song sounds yes yeah but but also in like an awful painful bittersweet kind of way yes yeah i think it's very fitting yeah and it's 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 almost like um you know the narrator has this desperation to get out of this relationship that that it almost seems like they feel that they've been thrust into it unwillingly or or, or something they seem really upset with their ex-partner i don't know why but they they seem relieved there i i i sense some resentment i mean the narrator even says that this is something they never wanted this this wasn't a thing that they wanted i don't know if that's um in hindsight thinking about that or 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 what you know yeah, there's there's a lot there's a lot of lyrics and again there's some violent imagery here. We get a little bit of some violent imagery, which I think. Um, I read don't know. read it out. What's the violent imagery? Um, well, the one I'm looking at right now is, uh, and now my bashed head can't sow his blood on my back. We are broke for bricks, and the house is quiet. This, this song is definitely up there for me if I were to rank. The tracks of this album. I always love the harmonies across this album that are created with the the background singers. Again, this this track is is haunting. It's raw. It's real. You know, it it adds and amplifies the overall texture of this album. Yeah, this this is a great track. I really dig it. Excellent instrumental. Yes, I agree. I think it's incredible. I love the collective instrumental. The collective singing. I think it's fun to sing along. My favorite part is the wild dogs. Can I confess? I never wanted this marriage coming home to wife and kids and failed science experiments. Tear down all the laundry lines. Get the sickness out of me. Again with the sickness. We're not down with it. We're trying to get it out. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Get get, yeah. <laughs> get it get it out. Right. And, you know, it makes sense. Can I confess I never wanted this marriage? It didn't seem like the person wanted the marriage and racehorse get married. I love coming home to wife and kids and failed science experiments. Like, I really think of that as being, you know, like kind of like transitioning 
And when I think of, you know, trans people, I think of the people who bring up like, oh, that's not natural. That's not how biology works, like science. Like that's kind of what I think of. But I just love how that line sounds and how it fits. I think it's really great. And I don't even see, I don't think that that's what that's even about because this was written prior to 2009 before all of that but that's what it makes me think of but yeah i don't really i don't really read it as resentment that totally makes sense that you say that but i just it's not what it sounds like to me and then the part that follows that of them dancing to cecilia you know stomping loudly fill the kitchen up with each other i just love that you know when you're when when you're you know <laughs> divorcing someone you, when you're in a relationship with someone you're in it together when you're divorcing someone you're also kind of in it together and i just love this imagery and this idea of them sharing that moment of dancing together uh, amidst the chaos of the the marriage that's falling apart and you know, again, not again, but, you know, we shaved our heads clean. There's the, there's that part of shaving our heads. Um, and then after that, I love he quit his job, pulled his teeth and moved down to the harbor. For me, that's like continuing the mythos of this world. He stole all my money to pay for the lawyers. That makes me laugh because in a divorce, it takes a lot of money and lawyers. And I don't think that the person literally stole all the money but that's just what that's what happens when you get a divorce you know and and then and now he's a whale killer in the wasteland for hire which is kind of like a is water reference because the person was pleading to get all the whales out of me and in my mind i'm thinking of kind of like this animated sequence of someone with actual whales inside of them and this little animated guy who's like i'm a whale killer and the person's like okay i'll give you money and you take all the whales out of me like a whale infestation so that's kind of what i'm what i'm seeing in this song that that makes sense yeah yeah it's almost like um the bible in that there are some real interesting there's some real interesting mythos in the in the Bible, you know, like Jonah and the whale, like do you know, the guy was living in a whale? Like, okay. Well, there's a bunch of whales living in this guy, <laughs> you know? And Damn, I never thought about it like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, religion is a big uh, plays a big part of the imagery in in You this know I have album. never read the Bible. Oh no, I know. I just like I don't know, like, um, like him, her, and talking yes, about, no, like, I, yes, I hear you. That's yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I mean. Like, not. <laughs> I know that you're not super familiar with specifically the Bible, but anyways, that's my that's my spiel. Thank you. You're welcome. Second interlude after the Clandalinian War. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay, let me say some things. Um, um, I really like this instrumental. It's a, uh, it's a nice, okay, again, these are my interpretations. Thank you very much. Of course. A nice musical break from the intensity that has just transpired 
across this album. Um, it has been heavy. It has been a slog. But, uh, you know, this little break here, this instrumental, it, it marks the beginning of the end of the album. Um, resolution might be in sight, but this track doesn't let you take too much of a break. It, you know, it keeps you contemplating uh, the role that gender plays in a sexually active relationship. It makes you think, hey, maybe sex is just this gross thing that two animals do and putting labels on it and or giving it power just creates more gender dysphoria and uh, more opportunities to be uncomfortable with yourself and more fear of your own body. Yeah, so I really like the uh, light flute and uh, the guitar. Um, and, you know, these two instruments, they sound... I can hear them in the studio. It sounds like they're separated by 15 feet. You know, they're across the room from each other. And it kind of adds to the disconnect, um, you know, maybe between the two subjects or maybe the disconnect between the self and the body. Um, there's a lot of texture in this instrumental. And I really, really, really like it. Again, it reminds me of Black Country New Road, uh, especially when that little violin comes in. Um, good track. I'm glad you get so much out of the interludes because I really do feel so much ab about them and hear so much in them. I think they have a lot of personality and I kind of hear it as like the the house talking almost like the house that the, the people live in. Like it's alive. The album is alive and breathing and this is like the organs of the body of the house. And I really like this one. It's so sweet and simple. And it's just really beautiful. Melancholic and kind of calm. I don't know if you know or... Yeah, but um, <laughs> the album like wasn't recorded in any like professional studio. It was recorded in rooms. Yes, yeah, I could hear... Yeah, and that's something that I was listening to throughout the recording. You know, I thought when we were talking about Racehorse Get Married that you would talk about the the sound of the clatter yes, the, sound. Yes, things falling and and yes, yeah. I I I almost mentioned it, but I don't know. That it was it was uh, yeah, I noticed it. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked that that they um chose to leave that in. Um it wasn't all those sounds aren't really intentionally put into the recording, but it is left there on purpose. And I love that, like I said, you know, this album kind of is alive. It's living, it's breathing. You can hear the life in it. Yes, exactly. It's this, this is a very texturally rich album. And yes. Uh, it's it's incredible. It's incredible DIY. I think it's like the perfect example of a DIY album or like a really great one, a really good one. Yeah, um, yeah, I hear you. But yeah, Carpenter slash Rebuild the Body Out of Birds. So we get a slash. And now I don't know if this, usually when I see a slash in a song title, I usually think that refers to um, this song being a double track, right? We're getting... Two songs here. Um, I, I wasn't able to pinpoint a very clear separation between the two. However, what I do feel about this song is that um, it, it kind of uh, wraps up all that has just transpired. Um, a, a lot of violent imagery 
on on this one as well um talking about basically leaving your body you know your skin is just a prison Uh, people always say what's on the inside that counts right then why do we give a fuck what we look like or what genitals we have or what pronouns we have um we're all just bags of meat so um you know fuck you i'm glad we're divorced uh but it's pretty stupid that it happened the way that it did um you know, maybe maybe the relationship is salvageable if we just leave these bodies. You know, it's another haunting track. It's solemn. It's 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 looking up at you from below. It's it's still uncomfortable and it, it's still great at achieving that feeling. It's a very good song. Um, yeah. This is definitely an excellent song. It's another one that I have cried to, which is interesting because I think the beginning sounds so different from the end and it really goes to this place that you wouldn't really expect, I think, in the beginning. But yeah, it is describing a partner who is dealing with the their trans existence and there's like, I feel like there's so Do much. Do you hear what this- I'm saying where I'm talking about like how it's like kind of like a or just all meat bags. Like that's what I get from this song. Oh, that's right. Sorry. You said things after that and then I forgot. I I understand that. It's funny to hear your in- interpretations because I think I've like lived with these songs for so long and lived with my specific interpretations and how I relate to them that I'm like what are you what? How do you now I have to like I'm trying to look at it from your perspective and it's just like putting myself in a different body you know i i don't know how to do that because you know for me this song is like the whole let's leave our bodies i freaking just cry to that and again this is a song that's not about suicide but um the let's leave our bodies for me i think about like death and also I'm so comforted by it. I'm just like thinking about where I've been when I've like listened to this and it's a, it's so comforting and painful the way that the music comes in after let's leave our bodies and you know pull our skin from these bones and this house from from these homes. I violent imagery you can't tell me it's not there. I I don't see it as being violent, but I I know it is visceral. I relate to this so much, especially inhabiting a body. I know again, this is not this this line and this song is not about chronic pain, but as somebody who deals with chronic pain, like there have been times where I'd love to leave my body and that that's part of the point though is like it's problematic to inhabit a body. And I think it's said with so much love, the proposal to leave our bodies. Um, It has so many meanings, like you could interpret so many meanings from it, but I'm sure it's like, you know, let's accept, (laughs) like, I don't know, move forward. I don't, see, I can't even put it into words. No, I, I, yeah, no, I understand you though. Yeah, but, um... You'll be happy to know that I do not understand some of the lines in this song. In the beginning, you slice away your arms like bread to butter with your semen. I said, I'm really not sure what this means. And I sat there for a good few, like, 
seconds like really trying to put it together and my brain was was like I can't do it today right now and I just don't know what that is um yeah but it's fun what a a line what a line I know they they have such fun lines I really like see it's so funny that you call that fun (laughs) well yeah because it's like what is that well to me you slice away your arms like bread I think of self-harm and to butter with your semen like i don't know referring to semen as butter it it's um i don't know the the imagery that i get from those lines are very different from what you're getting i'm getting a, a an image of pain so it's incredible i never thought of it as self harm i was thinking literally bread i was thinking too much about the bread <laughs> I think I just have like animated the the imagery too much that it's like animated it's like I'm so sorry I'm having trouble rendering words um hyperbolic it's like hyperbolic imagery but I really love the line because in the dark we all sound the same our bodies are blistered from needing I relate to that an animal sister boy could I have kept you is there a way of wood to protect you i just i think that's really like um nurturing and i i really like those those lines a lot they stick out to me and i just relate to them they're little nuggets of gold i think little nuggets yeah i hear you more singing saw oh and the yes i i don't know if that's violin in the end yeah and i mean that's what i hear it's just yeah just beautiful just everybody go listen to this album Give me your thoughts. Thank you. Yeah, but we still have one more track. I know. I just was saying, like, you just listen to it because obviously we can't just, like, we can't tell you how it sounds exactly. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yes. So we've reached the the end, the last track. 1990 was a long year and we are all out of heat, right? We're all out of hot water now. Hot water. Thank you. 1990 was a long year and we are all out of hot water now the closer to the album before you you say anything again i want to say my interpretation um i'm just gonna kind of read my notes here because i kind of wrote a lot here but this is a very somber track it feels like you're down in the depths you know um it seems like the two of these uh, uh people are still on speaking terms they're still talking to each other and maybe it's out of necessity uh, oh, they, they say the name of the album on this mm-hmm. track. Uh, I still don't know what divorce lawyers I shaved my head means, but we can talk about that in a second. Um, but again, you know, even without knowing the meaning of certain things or certain lyrics, I'm still able to uh, feel the emotions that are being presented here. Um, and I think that's what good poetry does in general. You don't need to be in an AP English class to get what's going on. You just have to understand human emotion and read the vibes. And that's what, you know, I, you know, I did across a lot of this album. Um, Even without knowing meanings for some things, I still get it. It still resonates with me and uh, leaves me with a lot to think about. And again, on this song, you know, we get you know, the, the, the not so pretty and blunt descriptions of sexual experiences that these two have shared. And they're still using sex as a coping mechanism to get through this difficult time, um, despite never sounding like the sex has been enjoyable for either of them. 
um, at least across this album, it hasn't seemed enjoyable. They've only talked about uh, the ugly parts of sex. And uh, now they share this house. Um, the narrator's uh, talking about how they keep warm when all the things that can warm them are gone. They're remaining together sort of out of necessity. Their future is unclear. Uh, It seems like a tense but loving arrangement between these two. Uh, They don't seem happy, um, but they seem to be accepting of the situation. Um, And I think, you know, this is a great way to end a concept album. And, um, you know, I think it keeps you wanting more, which doesn't always happen, especially after how heavy this album feels to me and how much of a break I needed in between listens. Um, but this closing track leaves you want more, which, which, yeah, it's good. That's very beautiful. See, I, I love all the notes. I'm glad you're not making fun of me for my interpretations. No, of course not. I really like your interpretations and they're... It, you know they're personal they're personal yes yeah <laughs> do you have any questions any comments any concerns well, about I, anything I really specifically just want to hear your there's a lot to the song like a lot of the songs on this album and i mm-hmm. and and you know going back and knowing kind of the war story that's being told across the album a lot of these lyrics I can take more literally now, going back to them. Um, well, like, like, give me examples. Well, like, th- they, they, they are literally running out of heat. They're in this house after a war. It's like post-apocalyptic, yeah. and and they are staying in this home, and they're just trying to survive, like literally. Right. Yeah, I think that it is metaphorical, and it is also literal in the sense of the war but of course i think all of that is metaphorical as well that's why it's really good but yeah so they need heat and they're wondering how we're gonna how they're gonna stay warm how do we get warm how do we stay warm um which is a very important question to ask so of course we gotta talk about the very direct lines in the beginning you are a girl with a cock. I am a boy who can't talk. Um, going back to the feeling of being illiterate, but also unable to decipher your own gender. You know, the their partner, the other character, kind of knows that they're a girl. And the narrator is, you know, questioning what they are. Unable to give themselves a word um which is v- very true to jordan as though during their relationship they began to kind of question their own gender and not understand what it was but at that time they just did not have the word non-binary um even trans i'm sure at that time uh transgender wasn't exactly <laughs> everywhere you know I, I think it's interesting with that with that line there, how the narrator, when referring to their partner, uh, talks about their sex organs, and when they refer to themselves, they talk about you know their head or their personality. Yeah. It's just interesting how they see their partner and how they see themselves. There's an interesting juxtaposition there. That's a really good point. Yes, thank you for that. I didn't really 
noticed that in that in the way that you just put it into words but yes really great love it but yeah i what you were saying with their like together you know we share the kitchen table and vomit the newspaper back and forth that sounds like stuff that you do in a marriage so it's kind of like you know but it seems like they're doing this out of necessity because it's the apocalypse outside they don't want to be doing this with each other yeah but i don't i don't think that but it's there's that still they don't a sweetness right yeah yeah i think it's a more amicable than you make it seem in my opinion mm. like like it says i don't know but i could talk to you i'd like a word with you there's that saying you know still wanting a word with them that fits into not that fits into society but just that fits them and there's a word for it and then of course divorce lawyers i shaved my head she shaved her head we are new i love these lines and that the way and the way that they are sung because oh this is what it reminds me of okay you know the meme this is not gonna make sense for my parents but you know the meme um what is it i i threw up yes like when you go to your your mom and, and you're like standing in the doorway. You're standing in the doorway and you're like, I threw up. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, uh, like help me, mom. Like I have to, you know, you help me clean this up. It, it kind of, that kind of reminds me, this, this, these lines remind me of that. Um, in that they're, they're saying to the divorce lawyers who are very much, when you think of a divorce lawyer or a lawyer in general, very like normal, plain, black and white type of person in society. And so here are these two like freaks and they're like, um, we shaved our heads. Like, you know, the marriage is done. Okay. Like, you know, we're new. We, we don't got to do all that like paperwork. Like, you know, uh oh <laughs> kind of thing yeah, like yeah. Th like trying to explain this very like so here's what happened so my partner is actually a girl with a cock and i shaved my head she shaved her head we have no identity we're not real people so you know a marriage doesn't really work out for not real people can you just like fix that please thank yeah. you i mean <laughs> the concept of divorce lawyers and marriage but like after what these two have gone through and realizing that you know their identities their bodies their genitals none of it matters right um, i love it's it all so just much constructs. <laughs> yes exactly so i feel like you get it you know when you said i still don't know what that means like i feel like you totally get it you know well you helped me get there you helped yes me get there. and um i love these lines she pulls her pants down a little and says do you see where i used to be a boy and this whole like this conversation is so interesting to me because the narrator says i've had I've had it in my mouth. I swallowed the evidence down and the children you wanted around, they've stayed in my stomach to drown. It's so like um, explicit. But then she panics and says, this is all I have in my hands. I want to forget who I am. I want to fuck and forget who I am. And I think that that's like relatable to non-trans people, but also going back to like, the shame of trying to have intimacy when you're ashamed of your body or don't feel like you're in your body or like just yeah that this... entire moment just summarizes gender dysphoria body dysmorphia like it's all right there like this 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 person is like here's 
my boy genitals and um i hate it i want to forget who i am i want to forget that this is who i am you know and you know resorting to 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 sex to forget that probably not the healthiest but yeah but you know it's real it is what it is yes it is real it's real yes you're right and so they're trying to keep warm and i think that this is kind of a resolution song in that where the boy who can't talk is kind of has reached some sort of not conclusion but understands that maybe they don't understand their own gender and the girl who is trans she's kind of at that conclusion but it it doesn't conclude you know you're still you have to deal with that now you're never done evolving you're never done figuring out what you do with yourself with your thoughts with your emotions uh, with your life and so at the end it's this you know how do we get warm how do we stay warm how do we feel like a person how do we exist how do we be and i think that that's important and the narrator questions where did you put my autobiography where did you put all the wood for the winter and throughout the the album the the characters or the narrator or the you know the boy who built an aviary is trying to create his own geography his own identity keeping track writing his autobiography and at first i thought oh the autobiography is set in the same line the same vein as wood for winter as if you know like they're just as important but then i thought you know it's as if they're synonymous as in you know my autobiography who i am is the wood for the winter it gets me through the winter it keeps me warm it keeps me going it keeps me alive so what do you think about that <laughs> what a way to what a way to close out an album let me tell you it um it wasn't it wasn't an easy t- time for me to be honest cuz just of how how much weight i felt from this album I often had to take multiple days breaks in between listenings. Uh, yeah, I don't know. This album is just very, very visceral for me. It's very, yeah, it's a hard listen for me. It's, it's, a, it's a lot going on, but it's, it's great. It's beautiful. It is. I, w- I wanted to make it note, you know, that the last, the closing track, 1990, was a long year and we are all out of hot water. An early draft of that song was for a writing assignment while Jordan was studying creative writing. And they received a bad grade because their teacher thought that it was supposed to be shocking. Ah, I see. Mm. But it is not. And this, this album is not intended to be shocking or off-putting. When Jordan's friend, her heard uh some of the songs from the album and the early works of the album they were kind of they were kind of shocked and suggested that they bring other people into the album to soften the blow of the the bluntness you know because not in that it's like so shocking but it's so honest and that it would be too pain not painful it'd be too hard to listen to if it was just jordan and so that is what um led to the the horse museum and they 
asked some people to to join in on the album and I think it was the right decision and I think it's so impactful and I can't imagine it being anything other than what it is but for those listening and if you listen to the album you know this is not supposed to be like shocking and it's just supposed to be real and honest and I hope that if if anyone out there like listens to it and listens to this that you you keep an open mind and you keep an open heart and yeah just listen with your heart yeah this is this is something that is very important to me important to the community it's a big part of my heart and my soul and um yeah i really appreciate you sharing it with me and with everyone listening i appreciate you listening to it and giving me your thoughts um what was your what were your favorite songs um well avalanches obviously and um oh jarhead oh wife that's right and wild dogs divorce good one and organs for oceans is probably towards the top of my list okay okay cool what what it i know that you don't like i don't know if you can give it like a score or like where would you put it for you for you personally though like as your tastes that's the thing i feel so weird putting a number on it like i don't know it doesn't feel like that kind of thing it's like putting a number like reading someone's diary like i'm like I don't know. It just feels weird to do. It's good. It's very good. And I enjoy listening to it. And it's a hard listen. And I think it's uh, necessary listening. And I think everyone out there should listen to it. But um, well, that's that's like a rating in itself to me. That's kind of like classic status. Yes. Yeah. But it's 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 uh, one that I probably could only listen to like once a year i mean avalanches i listen to all the time and i mean i love carrie and lowell but i'm not gonna listen to i don't listen to that at all unless i'm really going through it you know mother i sober uh from the new kendrick lamar album like that's that's a really really hard track to listen to but it's obviously great so it's like yeah it's like that yes it's like kendrick lamar Almost exactly like Kendrick Lamar. I'd like to see uh, Kendrick, you know, maybe maybe sample, do a flip, some Jordan Mason. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. That would be goaded. Goaded with the sauce. <laughs> oh, thank you guys so much for listening. What are we listening to next uh, episode? Um, you said something when we were preparing for the mollusk episode you said that it was an easy album and that and that, i don't know why that stuck with me so um i'm gonna go a little bit less easy on you this time i guess um and we're gonna do the two th- 2007 album untrue by burial Woo-woo. so get ready for some discussion on some burial I am so ready. Okay. You don't sound surprised about this pick. I'm not. I figured that it was coming. Really? Yeah. I. Yeah. Damn it. I was hoping well, you, to <laughs> You knew the Divorce Lawyers was coming, so yeah, it's only true. fair. That's true. All right. Well, um, 
I'm excited to talk about it. We'll, we'll, we'll get to it and it's going to be good. Thank you for showing me this one. You're the best. Outro. You're the best. You're the darkness best. and redness and whiteness. Did you ever watch Tobuscus? No. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what is Tobuscus?